Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Hope you're having a good day. I want to start this evening's show with a with a direct question. And if you stood near me, it'd be direct eye contact as well. And the question is this. Have you ever developed a dislike for a stranger? Someone you see regularly, but you don't know who they are. But they do something that winds you up. And you see it on like a weekly basis and it just gets under your skin. Allow me to explain. Uh, I cycle to and from Fenchurch Street Station after this show, which is about, I think it's like six miles each way or whatever in total. Uh, So it's a fair old bit of a cycle, not a big compared to what other people do. But I see this same bloke pretty much every night. And he's like, he must be like a banker because he's got a suit on, he's got his high-vis thing, lights flashing everywhere. He's lit up like the Eiffel Tower or like a runway. Uh, He's got clips on his trousers and stuff as well. But he always tries to race me. If I overtake him, there's this big, long stretch of, like, cycle path thing down by the Thames. If I try, if I go round him, he speeds up. Like, what are you doing, mate? And we end up going alongside each other like it's the final bend of the Tour de France, and it ain't. Uh, And this is the God's honest truth. On Monday night, it came to a head, because it's been going on for a couple of weeks now. Uh, On Monday night, this is the God's honest truth, I overtook him and then had to stop because there's this bit where you cross this deadly road by the side of the Thames, don't know what the name of the road is, but you got the cycle set of traffic lights and they went to red. And he pulled up alongside to me and he said to me, and I'll tone the language down, he said, don't overtake me if you're going to be a wimp, used a worse word, and then cycled off through the red light just as these cars were starting going by and then disappeared, giving me the eyeball all the way around the corner. I absolutely hate him. He's my stranger nemesis. I actually have a nickname for him. I call him the overtake hater. He hates being overtaken. So, look, is there someone that you've kind of got a beef with for some reason? And this is right. There's a lot of people who have been trying to pretend to be him on text. I know I've got your number, you lot. This fella here saying, see you on the way home, big boy. I uh, hope you bring your A-game love from the Barclays banker. Thank you very much. He's this fellow who keeps trying to race me every time we're cycling back home towards the train station. I don't even know who he is. Uh, Tony suggests get a few cycling mates to all wait for him and then overtake him, <laughs> overtake him one at a time in 10-second intervals. That should cause him to self-detonate. Thanks for your suggestions. But if you have someone in your life, you don't know who they are, but they wind you up. I want to hear from you on the show this evening. Andy says, uh, doing the school run, I always look out for the slow car pulling a burger van over the moon to get in front of it, gutted if it went past me at a junction and did 10 minutes to the journey if I ended behind it. So this is it. It can change your entire day. Alison from Ipswich says, annoying bike lady. Every morning in the school run, this prissy woman with a kid's bike seat rings her bell for us to move off the pavement so she can pass. I obviously just ignore her. Came to her head uh, after wanting too many and asked her where exactly she would like me to go. This is how annoyed it gets people. Holly from Cradley Heath says, a group of three people I call Train wars. I'm only five foot tall, but every day they try and shove me out of the way to get onto the train. They even get on the platform early to nick my spot. If this kind of thing's happening to you, don't just suffer in silence. Share it with the group. Guy says, lad in my local. Does he's, He has a ear-splitting pub laugh virtually every ten seconds. I don't know him, but you can hear him from the other side of the pub, and he thinks literally every word he says is hilarious. That's how wound up people get. Beverly says he used to get a bus to work, and there was always one woman at the bus stop I called Mrs Pushin. As she always barged to the front, no matter how many people were waiting to get on. On the odd occasion I could beat her at her own game, I definitely did a silent fist pump moment. There you go, well done you. We've got Gavin on the line. Gavin, who was the stranger that you had beef with? Um, I didn't know his name. He was just sat there on the bus, but he's, I just knew him as Snooky Boy. <laughs> Snoo- so why did you call him Snooky Boy? Because he would sit there going... <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds awful. Sounds like Darth Vader. Oh, he, he was absolutely appalling. I, I, honestly, I, I used to get on the bus and I used to sit away from him. Unfortunately, I couldn't sit too far away from him because it was just a single-decker bus. So, was he in your seat, or what What, was, what kind of sparked off this war between you and Snooky Boy? Well, I just, uh, just honestly, it's, he was such a disgusting creature. I just used to sit <laughs> near him, and I just used, every time I did it, I just used to turn around and scowl at him. I think he used to then do it on purpose. Brilliant. Lovely to speak to you, Gavin. Take care. Have a good Thursday night. Yes, I'm Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Now you know me. I'm. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a board game nerd. Always loved board games. Growing up with them uh, since I was a kid. We always play as a family. I think it's a great way as well. Board games to get friends to turn their phones off and actually have a chat with each other. It's now worse than seeing people in the pub all sat staring at their flipping phones. So uh, also, I'm starting a new weekly board gaming podcast in the next couple of weeks. So watch this space. But on Monday night. Speaking of board games, we had our little weekly meetup, and we played a thing called Jaws, the board game, uh, which is based on the classic Spielberg movie Jaws from back in the day. Uh, but there's a board game version of it, and I had no idea that this had been turned into a board game, which is an amazing thing. How good's the the, the music from Jaws? It's still scary to this day. Have a listen. Uh, one person is the shark in this game. The others play the people trying to catch the shark from the film. So uh, one person's Brody, the other one's Quint, and the other one's Hooper. And it's brilliant. You've got to move around the island type of closing beaches off and telling people to get out the sea and all that kind of stuff. And the shark just bobs around eating swimmers. If you're the shark, you're living life. And, and, then, and then the other lot have just got to try and get the shark, corner him, and then hit him with barrels. It's fantastic. But you know, it got me thinking, though, right? The fact they've managed to make Jaws into a board game like, what other TV shows or movies would make good board games? Have a little think about that for a second. I've always thought Antiques Roadshow would be quite good. Hear me out on this. Antiques Roadshow, the board game. Uh, you've got to work out whether it's worth anything or not. Like, maybe you had this candle holder in your house for years. And then convince everyone at home that you're not immediately going to run to the pawn shop and sell it just because it's worth a bit of money. There's always a bit of stuff going on there. Or Casualty, the board game, based on the TV show. Uh, and it's all based on the opening 10 minutes of the programme where you've got to get yourself into a position to have the most interesting accident like for example up a stepladder putting a carrier bag over a hotel room fire detector because you want to have a sneaky cigarette that kind of thing you might find it in the opening 10 minutes of casualty so if you've got an idea of a board game that would be good as a TV show or a movie that would make a great board game that has not been released up until this point you could get rich quick here this could be the moment you could end up on Dragon's Den all sorts of weird stuff coming into the show already Despina from Ellsbury says Naked and Afraid the board game is that a film? Is that a TV show or just a state of mind? Please clarify. Darren says Postman Pat. Perfect pickup and deliver material. Love that. Uh, Dan says The Human Centipede. No, Dan. Jude says Babe, Pig in the City, the board game. You have to get back to the farm from the city, liking this already, but there are hazards on the way. Avoid the butchers, market and snack wagon, get back and enter a sheep herding competition. Put me down for a copy of that. Graham says, what about a board game where a radio presenter tries to get home on a push bike without any encounters? Thanks, mate. Referring to the 
the first hour of the show. Uh, what about Silence of the Lambs board game, says this person. You can play whilst enjoying cava beans and a nice Chianti. There could be uh, Put the Dog in the Basket mini game. That'd be fun. Uh, Robin Westcliff says, Dukes of Hazard the board game. Will Bo and Luke outrun Roscoe and Flash? Will the General Lee make the jump? Will Daisy smash a bottle over Electris Wino? Will Jesse change his overalls? And will Cooter get his teeth fixed? Hasbro, get on this now, he adds. What a fantastic sales pitch that is. And we've got Niall on the line. Niall, you all right, mate? Very well, thanks yourself. Not bad at all. Have you had a good day at work, Niall? Uh, well, good, because I'm finished for uh, two weeks now, so yeah. Oh, well, day, but good day. Brilliant. What are you going to do with your two weeks off? Uh, bit of darts, bit of mountain biking, bit of drinking. Wow, that sounds like uh, all my favourite things in one go. Bit of darts, do you play like competitively or have you got a dartboard in your house? Uh, a bit of both. Well, obviously not competitively recently, but there we go. No, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? So are you good? Uh, we you know with darts. Have they anything like? They have anything like golf, where you can work out how good you are as like a in golf. They have a handicap. What's your your kind of status in terms of darts? Um, averages. You can do it. You just judge your games by your averages. So. Do you know what? I might be a really really good darts player, but the thing that completely scares me off it is the maths. I haven't got a clue. It's embarrassing. Well, you just do it backwards. It's easy. How do you mean? Well, you came backwards instead of forwards, but you just uh, you get to know the. You get to know the patterns and just be able to do it anyway. Listen, mate, if I can't count forwards, counting backwards ain't going to help me anything, that's for sure. Uh, Niall, very very interested by your idea about a a film that could be made into a board game. What do you think? Yeah, Quadrophenia, I think we should make into a board game. Okay, and what would happen in Quadrophenia, the board game? Well, just fly about Brighton and your skiers and smash rockers up. (laughs) Right. Uh, Do you think that might have mass market appeal, do you think, Niall? I think so. There's a market to it anyway. Might be a niche market. <laughs> you said it. Well, listen, I'd love to speak to you. Have a brilliant two weeks off. Right, and you both. Cheers, thank you. Natalie says EastEnders the board game. Uh, you have to go around the boards, stroke seasons of the year, and the aim is to get to Christmas without dying. All right, Natalie. Uh, there'll be setbacks along the way, like getting chucked out of the Vic, losing your <laughs> losing your wash in the laundrette. Maybe Mr. Opadopoulos will come after you. Or disturbing the ghost of Dirty Den. I like that. Maybe an added rule for it could be, you see how many people one family can have in prison at one time. You know, with them grey jumpers with the white high-vis sash across it. It's gone prison and hospital mad, EastEnders, right now. Uh, Julie says, money for nothing, the TV show board game. Uh, Someone drags a few bits out of a skip and you have to upcycle them to sell them on Facebook. Uh, Bonus points for all the PM me hun posts. Uh, You lose marks if you turn everything into a lamp or side table. These are great. Uh, Marty says, what about Absolute Radio, the board game? Each piece is another presenter. I love this. Maybe on the roll of a dice, if you roll a six, old Leona's posted another photo of a motorbike. Uh, roll of five, Emma Jones from The Breakfast Show's got the newsroom temperature on way too high again. Her and Glenn are sweating cobs. Or roll three, and Richie's been photographing trains again. Been making up board games, but what if you took that idea, that seed of an idea to the next level? That's exactly what Charlie and his mates did during lockdown. It's an amazing story. We've got Charlie on the line to tell us about it right now. So, Charlie, what happened? Well, thanks for having us. Uh, like a lot of people during lockdown, we were out of work um, and then they cancelled football, so we had nothing to watch on the TV. Um, so what we decided to do was basically try and find our own entertainment and st- start our own board game. Um, and we decided to, upon the idea of going ahead with a footballer's career, right. playing out that footballer's career, um, 
incorporating all the different parts like playing matches, having an agent, being in the news, gaining money and fame, all of that. And uh, so we set out starting to create it, started from little bits of paper. Um, and then we actually realized we had a game that was fun to play. Um, so we thought, okay, let's try and make this into a board game. We've got loads of time before anything gets back to normal. Um, so we actually made a prototype. Yeah. Decided to play it, and, and it was better than we expected. So we were like, okay, let's see if other people will enjoy this as well. So, so we in terms of that. who this is together, then, is this like you and your yeah. flatmates, or what's the background for so the other people? So um, basically, me and my friend, we started this idea. We were chatting over the phone, just like you do. And when they cancelled football, that's when we decided. And we've actually had to make it all over Zoom, over Zoom calls initially for the first few months. Um, so as you can imagine, doing that video in um, isn't the easiest, but that's how it all started, really. And then when we were allowed to sort of mix households, we made the board, made the prototype, and actually sat down and played it, and it was better than we thought it was going to be. What a fantastic so, thing to do, because it could have been quite easy for you to just sit there and play Xbox or PlayStation. So you've put your time uh, to good use. What was your normal daytime yeah. job or activity, but whilst all this stuff's going on? So, uh, be completely honest, Bush, um, I've actually been unemployed, and I was looking for work before lockdown hit. Yeah. Um, and then lockdown hit and sort of gave me literally no options, so I thought I need to put my time into something. Um, and decided to come up with this concept, really. Brilliant. So what is the name of the game? The name of the game is Rising Star Football Edition. Fantastic. And you, and you, you play as, uh, then, like you were saying earlier on, you play as uh, kind of a fictional football character going through the, the twists and turns of uh, the life as a footballer. It's interesting timing because uh, I don't know if anyone else is watching the, uh, the All or Nothing uh, documentary about Spurs on Amazon Prime at the yeah. moment. It's, it's interesting to see behind the scenes of like all this stuff going on with agents and the, and the fast, the, the fax machine fast that is transfer deadline day and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, that is something we try to incorporate in, you know, you can get an agent. Some agents are better than others, like real life. And, and also um, the whole thing about being transferred as well, we've incorporated that into the game. So literally we're trying to capture everything a footballer will go through. So when you play, you play out that footballer's career, you get to experience all of those twists and turns, like you say. Um, and then at the end of the game, whoever's had the greatest career is crowned rising star champion. That's amazing. So is this a game that's available to, to be able to buy at the moment? Or what stage are you at with it? Yeah, so like I said, we've gone through all the testing. Um, the game is ready to go to production, so we've decided to team up with Kickstarter. For the listeners that don't know, Kickstarter is a fundraising platform for small businesses. Um, so if you want to get a, your hands on a copy of the game, just go to Kickstarter, search Rising Star Football Edition. You can get your hands on a game for just £30. Uh, there's also other limited edition rewards which are only available to backers of the project. Nice. If you want to check them out as well, you can you can do so. Well, listen, what a fantastic reaction to being trapped in the house and the fact that football was cancelled for a bit. Uh, you never know, this could be the future career that you've been waiting for, Charlie. So good to speak to you, my friend. I hope so. Thanks for having us, Bush. Thank you very much. Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie is what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. 
Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them. I'm Andy Bursch, you're listening to the Home Time Show on a Thursday night. Just returning to a subject that kind of bubbled up by accident on yesterday's show. We kind of ran out of time to do it justice. Listener Rich was telling us about his uh, tattoos that he just had finished on his arm sleeve thing. And he's got a tattoo of a chilli there, which we were kind of slightly obsessed with. Asking you, what's the weirdest thing you've got a tattoo of? And there's some brilliant stuff coming in still. Richard says, Bush, I have a Jägermeister bottle tattooed on my bum. I used to travel to Brighton and Hove Albion away games with a group of lads on a minibus and large amounts of Jaeger bombs were consumed and f- to and from the game. We called ourselves the Jaeger bus crew. Sounds like a terrible Wenger boys. Uh, the tattoo has the Jägermeister bottle and the legend, we're here, Brighton Jaeger bus crew. God, I don't want to bump into him in a dark alley. This text says, Bush, I've got a tattoo of Scarface from the movie, but instead of Scarface, it's the Green Reaper, and instead of a Tommy gun, it's a super soaker, each to their own. Uh, and Andy from Oxford says, I have the entire album cover from My Chemical Romance Black Parade tattooed on my back. Wow, what about that? He says, weird but awesome. If you have a tattoo of that kind of calibre that's slightly off the beaten path, don't want to hear about any Superman symbols or... Uh, Disney characters, anything like that. Actually, probably Disney characters we do want to hear about. You can tweet me now at Absolute Radio. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. A real honour now to be able to speak to top comedian and the man behind Taskmaster, it's Alex Horn. But obviously, because everyone's got weird working situations at the moment, uh, and via the powers of technology, I've got to talk to Alex via our laptop with the headphones in. So let's just rustle these in. He's probably doing a bit of uh, online gaming. I feel like I'm online gaming. I hey, am uh, online gaming, just so you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm multitasking this end. <laughs> what are you doing? Call of Duty, Alex? Is that what it is? You know what? I don't know any computer games. I thought you might be a man that might, might be might like a computer game, and I don't no. mean that in a bad way, because I consider myself in the same category. I think I would if I allowed myself to. I think that's why I don't. That'll, that'll be the end of my life, probably. I like the idea of, like, everyone online and everyone playing together and stuff like that, but the, the reality of playing those games, like Call of Duty, it's just like getting getting shouted at by an American teenager. It just sounds awful. Do you know what I mean? What's yeah, the, why why are you paying a subscription for that? There's a new one. Is it Fallout or something, which is like Takeshi's Castle? There's a hundred of you. And <laughs> yes. that looked really fun. I saw someone, I looked over someone's shoulder and I could see myself falling into that game. Well, listen, Alex, it's brilliant to have you on the show. How are you doing? How's things? Are we, bizarrely, we, we had you on just at the start of the lockdown. I don't think any of us realised how long this damn thing would be going on. And like months later on, I feel like we're checking yeah. in on you. How are you doing? You getting on Okay. Yeah, the novelty's worn off, though, hasn't it? It was, it was fun, wasn't it, the <laughs> it was first good. week? It was really cool. It was a little bit like Fallout you are just talking about. There, build your own base, that kind of thing. Hoard food, yeah. craft things. But yeah. now it's just the, the sheen's come off it somewhat. Yeah, I think they should wrap it up, really. You know, yeah. Knock it on the edge. You're watching a film, you think, hey, this is a bit too long. And I think same with this, they, they need some editing, some judicial editing. But I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm lucky enough to have some work and uh, the schools are open, so I'm doing all right. So, I mean, actually, this, we talked to you a little bit about this last time. You're in one of those industries. Certain industries have been hit big time by this. It's weird what's been affected and what's kind of come through unscathed. Do you know what I mean? The entertainment industry is, has been absolutely decimated by, by this. Are people yeah. pulling together? I know it's kind of, sometimes if you're like a, say, if you're a stand-up comedian or whatever, it's quite transient in that you move around, you might not see that many people or whatever. Have people come together in your industry a bit more because of what's been going on? They really have. And people have been very innovative and have set up a lot 
of online things. There's something called the COVID Arms, which raises money for charity and for comics. I mean, there's no silver lining yet, but it does. Yeah. It has forced people to be creative in other in other ways. So if you're planning, I mean, I think we t- we t- uh, chat to Russell Kane who had to rewrite everything because you can't you can't go out on tour now and not mention this. But I, mm. I guess are people also slightly fed up of hearing about it and hearing the words that you hear every night when you when you listen to the news. I suppose I disagree with Russell there, although I love him. Um, <laughs> I, I we did a show in with the horn section. My it's a com- it sounds awful. It's a comedy band. Imagine imagine uh, that. But, but we did a live show and we've got a few next week and we, we just don't mention it. We think the people are coming out to escape it. So ours is pure escapism and it's really fun to ignore it. And hopefully without trying to crowbar Taskmaster into the chat, uh, that's a, a, an hour of pure escapism. You know, we, we, don't, yeah. we don't go near the thing. Well, no, that I, I was going to say, I mean, it is it is in itself complete escapism. And it's kind of uh, TV mirroring reality a little bit in that people have had to be a bit creative and, and entertain themselves a bit at home. And that's what the basis of, of the game is. You, you make games up and challenge people. Do you know what I mean? I do, absolutely. And it's a way, what I enjoy about the show is that you're not allowed to be on your phone and you're not allowed to be on your laptop. You've got to actually do things. And, and when you do stuff in lockdown, you always realise how good it is. At the very beginning of Taskmaster, do you think in a million years you would be going on Series 10? I guess if we had a million, you'd hope. <laughs> you'd, you'd hope so. But um, no, not at all. It wasn't even meant to be a TV show. It was just a, a bit of a laugh up at Edinburgh. I, I challenged 20 comics to take part in a non-existent competition, which I, I set them something to do every month. And up in Edinburgh one year, we I booked a slot at midnight in a venue and and showed everyone what happened. And it was it, it was clear that we were onto something. It was really fun and competitive and there was lots of rivalry and it was an ex- uh, a way of making funny people be funny. Well, we're so excited it's back. The tasks are mad and there's one particular task regarding £20 and a tattoo that we need to chat about next. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Alex, I love the crazy odd challenges that you set uh, the contestants on Taskmaster. Yesterday, we had listener Rich on who was telling us that he'd got a tattoo of a chilli on his arm. Uh, now, in Taskmaster, didn't Josh Widdicombe get Greg's name tattooed on his foot or something? Yeah, that set the ball rolling, I think, for the whole um, thing. Because they the task, that one was... They opened the envelope and there was a £20 note and it said, buy a present for the Taskmaster, best present wins. That's, that was it. Yeah. And I remember Josh phoning me up and saying, I, I've got a plan. What do you reckon? <laughs> and we weren't allowed to encourage it. Apparently there were guidelines. Oh, really? But we did say, well, if you if you want to do it, then we're not standing in your way. But it absolutely set the tone. And I think what was best about it was that Greg very nearly didn't give him the points because <laughs> Roshin bought him a little mouse. And Greg really liked mice. So it's... <laughs> It's a tough call, isn't it? I think what's better. I mean, I, I, have you got tattoos, Alex? If you don't mind me asking, you're a tattooed man? Yeah, I've got under 100. I've got two. I've got um, a small lizard on my upper arm because I was 18. And then I got oh, yeah. another one when I was 40 and I'd grown up a bit. And I got a pineapple with, with some sunglasses. Fantastic. I, I love the idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with it. And uh, it always surprises people. One It's quite prominent, the one on my forearm. Yeah. And I quite like taking people... Uh, I think people assume it's a pretend one, which would be more in character. <laughs> pretend tattoo. Uh, but I love the, um, the the tasks that you come up with, and I, I imagine they must come to you at strange points, maybe in the night yes. or when you're on, on a journey. Have you got a Bob Monkhouse-style notebook that you carry around with you that you put these things in? I do, but it's unfortunately, Bob wouldn't do this. It's a notes section of my iPhone because that way it's backed up on the cloud. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, because you want to um, lose it or leave it on a train or anything like that. That would be a nightmare. I've lost so many, mainly from not writing them down at all. You know, same with jokes. When you're a comedian, you think of the, these things. Normally when you're out and someone yeah. said something which has triggered something in your head, and if you don't write it down within a minute, it's gone. And I've had a few of them with the tasks, and it's the most <laughs> nagging feeling when you've lost something. But So, yeah, I've got, I've got many, many half-scribbled things. I've got slightly a more partridge thing than I do, and I'm very embarrassed about both aspects of this. I um, Just between you and me, I've got a hot tub. and uh, Someone's I, I, doing all right for themselves, I Alex. Know, it's the worst thing to admit, but it's brilliant. The kids love it, and uh, anyone who comes to the house loves it. They all go in it. Anyway, but I... That's I, great. I, you I, like, do you have rules for the hot tub, like no eating? Are you allowed to eat? Can you have like a pasty if you sat in the hot tub, or is it no food? Pasty. No, you're allowed as much food. We actually say you must have food. <laughs> Please do. Have a yeah. buffet. But um, I come up with a lot of ideas in there because you can't have screens in there, which is brilliant. So, and as a family, we sit in there and you're not, no one's looking at their phone. But if I'm in there late at night, what I've got myself is a waterproof notebook. Amazing. To come up with ideas. And it's, it's mountaineers have these things, apparently. So, yeah, I sit in, my, sit in my hot tub, often naked, with a waterproof notepad. <laughs> That's great. What a mental image that is. Apologies if anyone's having their tea. I, I would say no, that I'm would not, be the... Or, or, or I don't or. think we should shy away from this. They might not need apologies. They might, they might be the ones saying... Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, yeah, Your exactly. The image is horrific. Some people <laughs> might like it. Well, I mean, I, for me, I would feel that I'd made it in life if I'm if I'm leaning over to type something into my uh, modified uh, waterproof notebook <laughs> in my hot tub. I think I feel like that's that's the, the absolute pinnacle, that, isn't it? I have a lot of emotions. I mean, it's it's still mainly embarrassment when I when I when I see it at all or walk past it, <laughs> let alone me in it. Okay, well let's let's try and get that image out of people's heads that they're about to have their tea. Stay there, Alex. We will chat more Taskmaster next. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Alex, then, what makes a good contestant for the show? For me, it's someone who I can't wait to see what they do when they open that envelope and read the thing. I I want to be surprised by it. and So I want people who are unpredictable. Johnny Vegas is a good example. I've been looking forward to seeing how he... (laughs) reacts to these things because it's it's all real when it says you have 20 minutes your time starts now they really do have 20 minutes so people are acting on their instincts and uh that's yeah that's what i want and i also want five people who are going to react in very different ways how how is johnny vegas in that because he he's a regular he texts in quite a bit to our the indie disco that i do at the weekend and he just seems like a love such a lovely man but so kind of is he calm and placid or does he kind of freak out if he's got a time pressure on him i don't think he freaks out because of a time pressure he's, he's quite hard on himself he wants to do well yeah. uh, he, he is as you say the loveliest of men who did and he won't tell anyone this but he did an awful lot of work in his community during lockdown of delivering food and PPE to people he is such a kind man and it was really nice to see his artistic side in this show cause he's he, amazing isn't it I didn't realise he, yeah. he could draw so well yeah he's a potter he, he's got a degree in fine art and he's, wow. he's a genuine artist and you see that side of him which is hidden often I think when he's a a panelist on something and he's encouraged to derail things <laughs> but luckily we do get him causing a nuisance as well in this show uh, very quickly then finally just a couple of questions in from uh, twitter from our listeners here on absolute radio first one is a bit weird i've not watched this program so i, I can't give you any clarification on it but willie says can you ask alex if he's related to the Greyjoys from game of thrones ah the fictional family the gray joys i yeah. suppose yeah. uh Yes, yeah, I, I imagine I am. I've got uh, some Nordic her- hereditary 
Uh, jeans. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. I wasn't confident in any point of that sentence. <laughs> it didn't feel like it. And then Paul Jones says, excluding the Beatles, and this is quite difficult, if five people on the Sergeant Pepper's sleeve had to be Taskmaster contestants, who would Alex choose? Yeah, luckily, what I've got at my disposal here is uh, Google. So give me a second. <laughs> Let's see. We've got new tab going list on. Of images. That's what I need. Isn't it? Here we go. OK, well, I'll have Dylan. I'll have Bob Dylan. I'll have Fred Astaire, please. Nice. Nice. Um... Oh, do I want Sir Robert Peel? Yes, I do want Sir Robert Peel. He's in. The 19th century British Prime Minister. But you want some women. God, they were quite sexist on the cover of that. Not many females. Marlon Dietrich, please, and Mahatma Gandhi. Done. Fantastic. What a combo. What a dinner pie that would be. So, Taskmaster Series 10 is back. It's on Channel 4, and it kicks off a week tonight. A week tonight plus three hours. We'll be well in the middle of Vegas having a breakdown. Love it. T minus whatever that amount of time is. Uh, Alex Horn, okay. brilliant to have you on Absolute Radio. Take care. Lovely to chat to you. Goodbye. Okay, guys, you ready for this? One, two, three, four. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. Let me hear you say. Bush and Richie. It is now over. Bush and Richie E's podcast. It is now over. It's over. It's over. It's done.